Welcome to Read My Lips Radio, a lively hour of unscripted conversations with savvy creatives. Producer and host, a.k.a. Radio Red, asks novelists, artists, photographers, designers, comedians, actors, musicians, composers, screenwriters, directors, and technology innovators about their creative passion, inspirational muses, and how they create. Ooh, how those lips can talk. Now, here's AKA Radio Red. Thank you, Ryan Treasure at Voice America. Thank you very much. Greetings on Facebook and on Voice America Empowerment. I am Radio Red, also known as AKA. The reason I chose that name is because I was a programmer back in the day, and the sort order is the letter A goes ahead of everything else. So AKA just was something fun to put in front of that name. There we go. I have two very interesting guests today, but first I want to say a shout-out to LLL Lovely Lanky Laura Legs, our most loyal listener, and we'll do another shout-out to her later. It is, let's see what the date is today. It is March 8th, and we have some information about that date in just a second, but let me introduce my two special guests. I met both of these really smart, interesting and very creative ladies at the National Publicity Summit, which has turned into the Virtual Publicity Summit since COVID. And I like it because they're doing it every eight to 10 weeks and I get to meet so many interesting people. And today we're going to talk to these two savvy creatives who are sharing life-changing tips to optimize your creativity. I'm talking to all of you out there. So first up in a moment, we'll be speaking with Carol Rickard. She spells her last name R-I-C-K-A-R-D. She calls herself America's ultimate stress expert. And she's going to have to prove that to me because I've been through a lot of stress in my life, Carol. We're going to find out if you're the ultimate. I did read your book. It's a quick read. It's very interesting. It's totally unlike any book I've ever read. Carol has been teaching stress management in hospitals ooh, for nearly 30 years, and she's published only 25 books. We're going to find out what those are about. She's the creator and co-host of the nationally syndicated wellness series called The Well You Show. There you go. Carol Ricard, welcome. Just say hello. Hello. Glad to be here. Thank you. Glad to have you here. And let me introduce my other special guest. She is Kelly McMenamin. I have to say that carefully because it's like you know, there's the Muppet song. I have to, I'm gonna, never mind. Kelly is an organizing coach. She's the co-founder of a very adorable company name, Pixies Did It, exclamation, P-I-X-I-E-S-D-I-D-I-T. And she's a co-author of Organize Your Way, Simple Strategies for Every Personality, published by Sterling Publishing. And what's so interesting is that Kelly and her sister, Katie, Yes. Mm -hmm. They came up with the idea to use the Myers-Briggs personality assessment, the inventory, which many of us heard about growing up. And she says, they say that each of us has a personality type that influences the best way for us to organize. And it's not about having everything in a basket and everything in a file cabinet. It's finding stuff when you need it. It just boils right down to that. Kelly, I read the, the part one of your book that you sent me, and it's really very well done, very adorable, and uh, very compelling to read. So thank you. So ladies, let's do some deeper introductions. Carol Ricard, you're up first. I'm going to put you on speaker view. And Carol, why don't you tell us a little about those 25 books and what you're doing in hospitals for all those years and how you came up with the stress. Take about three to four minutes. That's where we're going to keep our conversation tonight. Go ahead, Carol. Great. Well, well, you know, I ended up falling into teaching people about stress uh, because my own experience back as a young girl, um, I actually overheard a conversation that wasn't for my ears and figured out that my father was actually dying from cancer. Oh, dear. And I started stealing alcohol. And that's not the best way to deal with your stress. And lo and behold, 
20 years later, I went to work in a hospital and just finally got to learn the healthy ways. And um, just my passion is teaching those ways to to people so they can kind of break free from those old patterns. Very interesting. And Carol, let's just talk about your book just a little bit. I said it was different from every other book I've read. You use little pictures and pictograms. And and how did you decide to not write a book that read like a book, but a book that reads like a picture book and takes you through, whoop, you can do 20 pages in three and a half minutes. So just quickly tell us about that, Carol. You know what? I'm a visual person. And with my patients, I've always used visuals as as the, you know, the anchor, right? Um and so I just decided that I was going to write a book that would be for one of my patients and somebody didn't have very good concentration. And of course, these days, that's all of us. <laughs> but when I started 20 years ago, it, it was uh, a select few. <laughs> Thank you. Interesting. And we're going to, do you have the book to hold up in a little while? We're going to do it a little bit later. You, of course you do. Uh, I, I actually, yeah. You get it ready because we're visual on Zoom on Facebook and I want people to see that. Thank you, Carol. Let's get to meet Kelly a little bit now. Kelly, talk to me about Pixies. I know the story. Our listeners don't. Why don't you share? Who is Katie? Who is Pixie? How'd you get the name? And what in the heck did you do with a company called Pixies Did It? <laughs> Kelly, officially welcome. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Uh, I started Pixies Did It with my sister, Katie, a little over 10 years ago on the hunch that different people might need different organizing solutions. And really that hunch is born out of a lifetime of two really different sisters being stuck in the same home, growing up together, almost sharing a bedroom. And Katie is basically, for lack of a better word, uh, messy. And I'm super tidy. And we always have been that way. And I always tried to get her to be more like me and failed. And I think one day we just realized it was kind of like when she had kids and I was trying to get her organized for like the umpteenth time that maybe my way doesn't really work for her. And we came up with a system, like basically structured piles that worked with her existing massive piles. And she finally stayed organized. And I was working in the hedge fund world and I just at the time was burned out and she she caught me at the right low moment to be like, we should start a company together. Because usually I'd be like, no, you're crazy. I'd never do that. But I was like, yeah, maybe. And so I left finance and we started helping people organize according to their personality type. We became Myers-Briggs trained practitioners. We gave all of our clients uh, the Myers-Briggs assessment. And then from there, we were kind of like, Jane Goodall in, in the concrete jungles of Manhattan, what, helping and watching, maybe a little more active than Jane, Jane Goodall was, but uh, basically watching that some uh, humans do things this way, others do things this way. And since we knew their personality type, we started to see that there was really like four overarching organizing styles, classic, which is me, just super traditional. And then the other end, organic, my sister, who's super creative. She came up with the name Pixies Did It. I never would have named organizing business pixies did it. it's way too creative <laughs> and uh, and then in between there's funds and smarts and uh we have a quiz on our we- website that you can figure out what your organizing style is and and over that 10 years we just comp- compiled all the advice the strategies we give uh, to different clients depending on their personality type to help them not only get organized but stay organized because all the systems work with how their brain works so that they don't really have to learn or be somebody new and that was really the genesis of our book, Organize Your Way. And um, it's all the simple strategies that we give our clients. And, and 
you know, really we say that, you know, life isn't always easy, but organizing it should be. And that's what all those strategies are about is making organizing easy, making it mirror how you actually think so you can find things. Thank you, Kelly. I like that. Now, we're not going to be putting down a certain lady whose initials are KK, who is very famous for writing, organizing books and systems and selling products, are we? Because she says it's either valuable or it's beautiful or you have used it. There are some basic rules. Does her system, Kelly, account for personality types or lifestyles or is it all cookie cutter? Well, um, the uh, MK, not KK. MK. Yeah, I was MK. Like, I'm sorry. I'm no, sorry. I'm thinking, thinking the last uh, name. Yes. But the MK. MK, she actually has a whole chapter that is de- in her first book that's dedicated to that you can't organize according to personality type. And I remember when I read it, I was like, well, that's my entire book in theory and <laughs> 10 years of uh, observational research, uh, really field research. And so I'm like, I beg to differ. But it's funny because there's a certain personality type funds and they are the ones who they are very detail oriented, but often they don't like to be put in a a box because they're fun and adventurous. And I'm reading it being like, this sounds like she's a fun. Um, She's basically really against the idea of being pigeonholed. And and so she does not agree with me. I would say her system is really great for detail oriented people mm-hmm. and people have an easier time letting go of things, but there's a large swath of humanity that has a harder time letting go of things and will always have more things and be happier with more things than yes. MK. And MK. Yes. I'm sorry about that. I, it, it was percolating in my brain. I said, wait, <laughs> I know the last name is a K and it just populated there. Okay. MK. Carol Ricard, what kind of a personality type are you? Are you an organizer? Do you have to have everything in its place exactly by the millimeter? Or are you, uh, well, things will get done another time. What, what's your style? I'm a keep it simple kind of person. You know, as, as long as I know where it is, I wouldn't say detailed and organized, but um, I'm actually going to have to uh, check out what my what my style is uh, yeah, dude, when we're done. <laughs> I think you are. Well, I took the pixie quiz, but before we do that, we'll get into that later. Kelly, your parents had something to do with the word pixies, didn't they? When you were you and Katie were young, how did that come from? Ooh, I think it was, it was in our twenties, and I studied in France. I wanted to finally speak French fluently, and they came and visited me. And my mom was getting ready one night, and me and my sister were annoying her. And she's like, "Go away! You're you're like two pixies." And uh, so then my dad started calling us pixies. And then so for my birthday one year, Katie bought me a website called pixiesdidit.com. And that, oh, that was actually the first time she's like, let's start a business together. And I was like, never in a million years. But a million years passes really quick when you work for a hedge fund and you're miserable. So, um, you know, that's, that's really the genesis of it. But we like pixies because they're both mythically helpful and annoying. When, when you think about an organizer, mm-hmm. we're helpful, but also annoying because we're like, you know, like there's a little bit of advice we're yeah. getting that you want to hear. So. Yes. We kind of liked it. And then it was like, who transformed your house? You're like, Pixies did it. Like magic. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Yes, you would say to me, do you really need to save? Well, I paint a lot. I paint uh, mm-hmm. acrylic paint pouring now, and I do a lot of watercolors. I could do five, six paintings a week. I've got over 100 all over my house. And they're on walls, and they're, they're neat. They're not too many piles. But the point is that I save when I unwrap the canvas. I buy five or six packs at a time, the value packs at Michael's. And when I unwrap the canvas, there's a clear plastic. 
And clear plastic is good for catching drips on the edge of the canvas when you do the pour. So I fold them neatly. I cut them off with the scissors and I fold them neatly. And I keep them in the drawer where the tinfoil and the wax paper are. And I have a whole bunch of them so I can use them. But if you came into my house, Kelly or Katie, you'd say, Red, too many plastics. Throw the things, the damn things out. Enough already. Yes, Kelly. But if it doesn't stress you out, I would I would ask you if it stressed you out. And if you said no, no big deal. I mean, and my, we joke all the time. We're more marriage counselors than we are organizers because if you're living alone and you can find things when you need them and you're not stressed out, who really cares what somebody's opinion is of your house? The problem is, and when we're usually brought in, it's not that I don't have single clients, but majority are two different styles living together. Because then that's when there's a problem. And I, if you were living with somebody who had a problem with that, we'd have to come up with a compromise like of where you're hiding these, <laughs> essentially, so that maybe if they're stressed out seeing them. But, but really, it's like it's almost like a tree falling in a forest when nobody's there. Yeah, you know, how you organize and you live on your own. That's um, true. Different than what it clashes. With Thank somebody. you. Where you hide the money, the receipts, the credit cards, and the shoes, maybe? I don't know. I'm just saying. <laughs> Carol, I want to talk to you about your book a little bit more. And let, let's do, for people, Kelly and Carol, people who feel the need to organize, they feel, oh, my house is a mess, or I can't find anything, right? That would be the complaint. Or she hid something, and he, I can't find it, and he can't find it. We're constantly looking. We're wasting time. Well, that is stressful. And that's the core of Carol. Carol, you know, I was going somewhere with this, right? I've, I've got to have a good segue here. So let's talk a little bit about, I think Kelly will appreciate this. I have your book in front of me here. Thank you for sending the ebook. I appreciate that, Carol. Uh, step one is stop the level from rising. You say you have a 60 second tool, a do, DO 60 system, two steps. Step one is stop the level from rising. And step two is release so the level drops. Carol, I'd like you to explain this a little bit to us. And, and you're both here because you're creatives, not because you both wrote a book. You each wrote a book and you're smart at what you do because you're doing it creatively. Carol, who writes a book like you with the little the little uh, graphics and the stop signs and the different type and type going up and type? Nobody. That's a creative way. And, and Kelly, who writes a book about pixies? Organizing, <laughs> seriously. So I consider you both my creatives. There you go. So Carol, I'm going to put you on speaker view. Why don't you take us through some of this? And if you want to hold up the book and show us some of what you've got there. Yep. No, no so, pressure. Okay. Go ahead, Carol. We have the book. Yep. COVID stress monster. How to tame your COVID stress monster. And, and what I want to hold up for you right now is actually a bottle of root beer because this is the secret to stress. So we start out in the morning or even before you woke up, this happens to you. Ouch. <laughs> and what ends up happening is that pressure builds up inside, right? Well, the same thing happens with us when it comes to stress. We wake up and that pressure just starts to build up inside. And depending upon what kind of organizer you may be living with, that could happen you know, before you went to bed that night. And the idea of 60-second solutions, which I discovered kind of by accident, was that we can do something to stop the level from rising, which is what most people do. But what they got to do is follow up with the second step, which is to release it so that you have room for some more because, promise you, more is coming. And so it's this constant ebb and flow. And that's why it takes two steps. But what I discovered was 
because I worked in a hospital. I didn't have any time to eat my lunch other than at my desk while I was doing five other things, which I'm sure a lot of people could relate to. Mm-hmm. I started doing just 15 to 30 to 60 seconds of each of these steps and the migraines that I'd had for three weeks in a row disappeared. And I realized that it's this combination. I want want to clap. I want to clap. I want to clap. Thank you. Kelly, can we clap for Carol? If she could sell migraines, I think you're onto something way beyond this simple 60 second cure for stress busting, Carol. If you can solve migraines, you're you're really onto something brilliant. Have people it, told you that? Well, it, it turns out that for me, stress was one of the greatest triggers of migraines. And when I could finally learn to take control, because by 10 o'clock in the morning, I, I was already up to here, you know, mm-hmm. and by two o'clock, the migraines would hit. Whereas I never got to the gym at five o'clock or even for a massage later because the migraine sort of derailed me partway through my day. Okay. Well, so take us through these two steps. I want you to hold up that part of the book. Let's see. And don't, please don't open that root beer. Kelly and I don't want to see it well, foam all over well, the place. Well, so the idea of these two <laughs> steps is, is your level is starting to rise. Right. You have to do something that is calming for you. Same thing. I mean, there's not one rule that applies to everybody. And so there is no one size fits all. So it's finding something calming that you like to do, whether it's music or aromatherapy. And then the second step, once you kind of do that, is you got to do something active to release it. And that requires muscles. It requires energy that you actually spend, which could be with your mouth. So it could be talking, it could be cleaning and organizing, Ah. um, which is really interesting because over the years, I've had a number of patients that I work with that cleaning for them was actually relaxing. For me, it's kind of the opposite, right? Um, And so it's making those two steps, do something calming and then do something active so that you have room to sort of absorb more. Because you know what happens when the stress gets up to here, don't you? That's when we open our mouths and we say the stuff that we can't take back. Yep, that, that is absolutely true. And you know something I found over the years, Carol and Kelly, that it's, it's surprising. Something that relaxes me is doing dishes by hand. I haven't used my dishwasher here in two years. Really? Yeah, because I, I, I live alone. I have company once in a while, a, a COVID bu- bubble friend, let's just say, who's safe to have in the house. And we make lunch four or five days a week and he cooks and I do the dishes. Well, I do the dishes by hand. I don't let them, Kelly, I don't let them sit in the sink. If maybe, maybe a half hour, if we watch TV during lunch, I'll do them right after. But I like to, I have the soap dispenser on the built-in and I, or, you know, the kind you, never mind, you know, the kind you pump, you pump, it's part of the sink. And I, I don't put a whole big, just a little tiny bit on the edge of that, just so that I'm not using too much soap. And I'll put my hands in warm water and then I'll circle that soap around a dish or a fork or a cup. And then I will put them upside down on a clean towel or I'll just take paper towels carefully and try to use one paper towel I'm trying to be very sustainable here and dry them and then I set them out on another part of the counter to finish air drying and then I put them away and I find that is cathartic I've used that method for interestingly enough for fighting depression years ago hmm. Car- Carol understands yes yeah. so we all have all kinds of things but Kelly that's my way of keeping the kitchen organized is doing the dishes promptly 
hand cleaning them, holding them up to the light. Damn, and I miss something. Oh, I must add chocolate on that glass. Let's go back and clean it again. And the pots and pans, the lids, that's when you find out if you bought the right kind of pots and pans. Because lids, I find, even on really good frying pans and, and saucepans, the lids often have a little internal rim where things get into it and you cannot clean inside that rim. And that's how you discover whether they were well-made or not. Trust me, trying to take a little brush or a piece of paper towel and never mind. Anyway, so uh, very, very interesting. Carol, could you hold up just one page of your book so people could see? I, wa- I want Kelly to see it as well. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I want to show people the, the clever. There you go. Just hold it right there and li- lift it up a tiny bit so we can see. lift it up higher, 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 higher. There you go. Most people don't recognize how much pressure is building up until it's too late. Number one, you explode. Number two, you implode. See the little pictures there, Kelly? Yeah, I love it. Look at the root beer. We see the pressure is built up because the bubbles show up on top. You must begin to recognize when the pressure is building up in you. Stress shows us in three ways. And Carol, raise it just a little bit more physical, your body, emotionally, your feelings and behavior, what you do. Thank you very much, Carol. That was a lovely show and tell. That's the benefit of being on Zoom. I did radio for 20 years before this on the phone and we couldn't see anything and now we can see it all on zoom kelly what's your your uh, reaction to what carol shared what do you think are some of these does this ring true i'm not asking for your personal stress levels or anything but what do you would this work for you it does in that um i i love drawing and i think one of the only reasons i i love drawing why i'm drawn to do it because I'm so drawn to to-dos and getting things done and drawing is something when you think about it, like rarely is that part of a to-do list that you need to draw. I'm not an artist professionally. So, but I, it's so relaxing. Like my brain turns off when I draw, I don't know how else to describe it. And so it's kind of like meditating for me. So maybe a little bit about, you know, kind of similar to you read doing the dishes, although that has a purpose. I wish I felt that way about dishes. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so when she's, when you said that, I I was like, oh yeah, you know, drawing definitely does that. I I hadn't really ever thought about it. I kind of, you know, save it up for some other time and maybe it's kind of a good day. I could start doodling in the middle of a day where you're really stressed out and that might be actually really helpful just a little bit rather than. Yep. Well, I've started watching paint pouring videos by Jilly Cube, G-I-L-L-Y-K-U-B-E in Australia and other people. Somebody has a 20 different techniques for paint pouring video on YouTube with music that is semi-classical, not even jazz, just kind of deep music and no talking and you don't see the person. But they the hands are gloved and they go up over the canvas and then the letters appear of the technique, a double cup pour or dirty cup pour or or uh, this or that, whatever it is. There are 20 techniques. It's an, something like an hour and three minute video. So when I'm, even if I'm watching a mystery show, a detective show that's getting boring, I'll put that on on hold. I'll just pause it. And well, with streaming, you could do that and DVR, you can do that. And then I will just pick up my phone and go look for an art video and watch the technique. And then I like to, at a, I keep my kitchen counter. We have great big, great big counter. And I redid my kitchen with quartz, sparkly white quartz. So there's little flecks of gold and silver. It's very pretty. And the red, red behind the stove, red backdrop is red quartz with the sparkles in it. Somebody told me nobody will ever buy this house when I'm done with it. Well, I don't care. I like the way I live. That's fine. But my point is that I keep, I have about 27 bottles of paint pour ready colors that are on the counter with a a doggy pad 
to cover the counter so the paint doesn't get on it because acrylic is hard to scrape off. And uh, a little, I, I keep a string. We, we paint with string. We don't use brushes and cups for pouring and uh, a sharp edge for, for making lines if you want to and a balloon. And the balloon, you fill the balloon, a small balloon with water and you tie it off and then you press it into multiple colors on the canvas and it makes balloon kisses, which look like pansies or carnations. The patterns are, and you never know what the colors are going to come out. Anyway, so I keep that at the ready, and sometimes it'll be midnight, and I'm not quite ready for bed. And I'll just walk over to my kitchen and make a painting, 20, 30 minutes, an hour, and then I'm ready, and that's it. Kelly, so am I organized? Am I, am I organic to a fall? Talk to me. <laughs> well, it sounds like you have a lot more stuff out um, maybe than I could handle, and, and it doesn't mean that's wrong. It's that you know, one of the reasons uh, more detail-oriented types don't have a lot of stuff out and maybe listen to the MK method of only having a few things is all that visual clutter kind of creates stress. So it kind of creates a little bit of the, you know, using your soda pop um, bottle metaphor bubbles. And, you know, I always give this example between me and my sister that, you know, if I came home from work and everything was so messy, I have three sons between like 12 and four, and that happens. But if it's really messy, I can't do anything. I can't relax. I couldn't draw. I couldn't do anything until I tidied up and put everything, a place for everything, everything back in its place. Uh, and then I could relax. Whereas my sister, she could come home and as, she could definitely close a door on it. Like even if I, sometimes that's even hard for me to do, even if I could close a door on it because I know it's there. And uh, my sister can close a door on it. If she's really tired, she can sit amongst uh, a bit a messy room knowing oh I'm going to do it after this tv show or I'm going to do it uh tomorrow morning and uh and that's really you know one of the big differences uh, between uh, so like classics and funds are more detail oriented and more bothered by visual clutter and having too much stuff and organics and smarts uh are a little more okay with um stuff being out and that's kind of the great divide really yep. thank you very much good good for the divide Thank you, ladies. Let's do a little bit of fun here, a little more fun. Today is March 8th. It is the 67th day of the Gregorian calendar. I like to call him Gregory, Greggy, and I thank Greggy's mother for bringing him into the world because I think he has a cool calendar. So you could say thank you to Greg, Gregory, Gregorian, Gregor, however you like, but I think we need to thank him for his calendar. There are 198 days left in 2021. I always do the count because we survived at least the three of us did. We survived 2020. Somehow we did. And hopefully our loved ones also did somehow. And 2021 is starting out to look a lot better. So you might want to rush to the liquor store or start brewing something in the sink in your garage or in your bathtub like gin or something bootleg. You might want to get ready for what you're going to be drinking on New Year's Eve before 2022. So I've given you the heads up, Kelly's laughing. 198 days left. Don't wait till the last minute, Kelly, because all the good champagne will be gone by then. This is the 10th Monday in 2021, in case anybody's listening. Now I want the two of you to join me again in doing a shout out to LLL. Just say hello, LLL. One, two, three. Hello, LLL. Okay. Lovely, lanky Laura Legs, our most Laura listener. And what's interesting is Laura emails me after the show and tells me what she got out of each of my guests, what she learned and how much she enjoyed them. She loves everybody. 
And I'm taking up a fake GoFundMe account for Laura because I want her to move to London. After that interview with Oprah, though, with uh, with Megan and Harry last, I'm not sure anybody wants to move to London. I don't know. Laura, Wolf, Larchmont is near Whitestone. Maybe we don't have to do go. Laura, you could move to Larchmont, which is near near Whitestone where you live, because it has to be lovely, lanky Laura Legs, our most loyal listener in Larchmont. Do you have a favorite place with an L, Carol, that you would suggest besides Larchmont for Laura? Wow. Kelly, you want to think of one, too? Any, any I mean, place? I'd probably say Actually, London. <laughs> And I was going to say Lisbon. Oh, yes. Laura, we're sending you to Lisbon. Oh, good. Good one, Carol. You're hired. Okay. You'll be the travel agent. And Kelly, you'll help her organize her new home. So, Laura, we love you. So, let's do some famous people's birthdays, and then we'll do the famous holidays that nobody's ever heard of. Okay. Famous birthdays. Today, in 1945, Mickey Dolenz was born. Anybody remember Mickey? Ah, did you know that he couldn't play the drums when they hired him to be the drummer on the monkeys? No way. It took a year for them to figure out how to tutor him, and I think somebody was playing the drums behind the scenes, and eventually he was actually able to do it. But what's interesting is in 1956, when he was 11 years old, he went by the name Mickey Braddock, and he was Corky in the TV show Circus Boy. Do you remember that, Carol? Yeah. And he used to feed the elephants. I vaguely remember that. Uh, lead vocals, he had the lead vocals on the Monkees song Last Train to Clarksville. Pleasant Valley Sunday and I'm a believer, da, 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 da. Yes, okay. And he bought the third modular Moog synthesizer ever sold commercially. Mickey Dolan's did. I'm not sure why that's important, but uh, he sold it. So anyway, so another famous person in music was born today, Carol Bayer Sager, oh. singer, songwriter, did, and she's a painter. Did you know who she was married to was also famous in the music business? B, B, Burt Bacharach. She yes. was married to Burt Bacharach from 19, talk yes. about a team, Burt Bacharach from 1982 to 91. Carol Bayer Sager was inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame in 1987. She won the Academy Award for Best Song in the movie Arthur. Remember with Liza Minnelli? Mm-hmm. Arthur. And it was Arthur's theme, The Best That You Can Do. She won the Academy Award for Best Original Song that year in 1987. And she won Grammy Award in 87 for That's What Friends Are For. For You remember that one? She co-wrote it with Burt Bacharach. And she wrote a song with David Foster, The Prayer. Celine Dion made that famous and Andrea Bocelli. And what's interesting is that that song is sung at both weddings and funerals. One of the few songs that works at both. I thought that was interesting. Okay, let's move on. Aidan Quinn, very interesting actor, Irish American. He's done 80 films. I had no idea. I saw him many years ago. An actress who is a lot of presence on American TV. Cameron Mannheim was born today. She played attorney Eleanor Pruitt on The Practice, if you remember that one. And I saw her as she was control on person of interest. She was very evil. We'll leave that one alone. She was also on Ghost Whisperer. Freddie Prince Jr. was born today in 76. I remember what? Remember Carol, his father, Freddie Prince? Freddie Prince Jr., actor, producer, and screenwriter. Here's an actor you may not have heard of, James Vanderbeek. He was in he was Dawson Leary in Dawson's Creek. Oh yeah, I know, I, I know, I remember that. Yeah, very I good looking guy. Eddie Prince, uh, that, uh, Freddie Prince. Oh, okay. And and he was uh, James Vanderbeek was Johnny Mox Moxon in Varsity Blues, but mm-hmm. he played he played a fictional character of himself in Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment Twenty Three. I don't think that was on very long, and he starred in. CSI Cyber. He was special agent, FBI agent Elijah Mundo. I remember him. And I think Patricia, 
uh, what's her name? Patricia, you know, the famous from the acting family. She starred in that as the as the agent that was cybercrime. It was fascinating and it didn't last, I don't think, more than a year, which was too bad. And another one, a very interesting, I watch a show called Young Sheldon, which is a spinoff from The Big Bang Theory, right? And it talks about the early days of Sheldon's family in Texas. And he has a very adorable brother named Georgie Jr., who is a little bit of a doof, but he turns out he's got the gift of gab and he's a good salesman. I was wondering about him when I watched Young Sheldon on Thursday night last week. And I went to look up the celebrity birthdays for today. He's born today. Montana Jordan is his name. I thought, whoa, is that one following me? Is that karma or something? He's George Cooper Jr. on Young Sheldon, and he debuted in that role on the Big Bang Theory spinoff prequel, and he was born in 2004, barely old enough to get on my show, Montana Jordan. Very, very cute guy. Okay, ladies, let's do some holidays. Let's see how you react to these. Today is Monday, March 8th. Well, of course, we know it's International Women's Day, and I was honored to be a featured speaker on the Women in Big Data Lifting Our Voices event today in honor of International Women's Day. And I shared my story as an early woman in tech. And I narrated 25 photos I had from way back in the day, including key punch cards, my COBOL handbook. When I had the Chippendale dancers on my television show, something to talk about in New York on my 101st show. Two of the Chippendales were there, the one that looks like Fabio. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And I asked the two guys, jockeys are boxer briefs or briefs or boxers. And they actually told me. And then I got them to sponsor a radio show I did on WGBB called Ooh, Ooh, Baby. It was a late night, 10 o'clock Friday night show. And the Chippendales were the sponsors. And the guys called in after the show in New York every Friday night to be on the air with me live. Don't even ask me how I got them to sponsor my radio show, but I did. That's, I don't know, it's a feather in my cap, or we shouldn't even talk about that. It's also National Proofreading Day today. Kelly, did you proofread anything today? Mm, yes this morning i woke up early and i was proofreading an interview I, I was transcribing what i had done mm-hmm. okay carol did you proofread anything today i did i was doing some work online and and actually caught a few typos i had done wow well how did i know both of you were proofreading today so happy proofreading day now talk about a coincidence tomorrow is march 9th it's national barbie day do we have any barbies in the cat in the closet kelly kelly you're making oh my a God. face i used to barbie to sleep my mom would come instead of reading i'd ask if i could barbie to sleep and then she always describes me like passed out with barbies all over me and she would just kind of pick the Barbies up off of me. I just kind of, I, I, I think I was creating my own stories with the Barbies in my head, but yes, I was a very big Barbie aficionado. Well, you can celebrate Barbie today. Carol, Barbie in your life, past or present? No, I actually had a collection uh, some years ago, though I inherited from my sister and I, I wish I still had held on to it till today. Oh, yep. yep. See, you were too organized. Kelly. I was going to say, there was probably some mean organizer who was like, if it doesn't spark joy, yeah, get, get, yeah, now, get rid of know? it. Sometimes See, things don't spark joy, but you shouldn't get rid of them. That, that is true. Who would know the value of stuff that we could have kept from 20, 30 years ago, right? Who, who knew? Classic cars, I think a lot of people knew a car would be, or they hoped and wished and dreamed. And now look what they've got. It's also two other days today, March 9th. It's get over it day. Is there something you want to get over, Carol? Get over it. Uh, no, because you know what? I try to leave the, the crap from yesterday in yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> For the wrong one to ask. Kelly, anything you want to get over? 
Oh, probably just bickering with my husband. <laughs> it always takes me like 24 hours. <laughs> oh, you, you got to get Carol's book. She'll get you through that in 60 <laughs> seconds, 120 seconds flat. You'll be good. And it's also in case that wasn't nourishing for you ladies. Sorry, pun intended. It's National Meatball Day. Oh my God, how could you say that red? I don't eat red meat. I haven't for many, many years. I gave it up as one of my, I can diet if I want to. That's 45 years ago. And so I only eat turkey meatballs and turkey meatloaf and that kind of turkey burgers. And the way I make them, they're really good. Do you eat meatballs, Kelly? Yes. All kinds. Sauce? All, uh, everything you just said, including uh, beef. Um, yes. Special sauce. You like a meatball hoagie hero, whatever they call it, with a lot of sauce on bread? Uh Oh God, that's so good with a lot of mozzarella. Yeah. I mean, I'm not supposed to have these things, but yeah, that sounds delicious. Okay. It does. Carol, what about you? Are meatballs in your life? Oh, they used to be. I actually, when I was diagnosed with my cancer, I, I kind of changed my whole diet, but just, oh, my mouth can water thinking about them. Okay, well, we had a mouth-watering celebration then tomorrow for March 9th. Now, Wednesday is March 10th, and it's National Mario Day. Mario is a Nintendo character, and the reason it's Mario Day is because if you look at the spelling of Mario, M-A-R-I-O, if you change the I to the number one and the O to the zero, you get M-A-R-10, which is abbreviation for March 10th. So some people call March 10th. See, you learned something, ladies. Didn't you know I, you get yes. something valuable from me eventually? Here and we I go. Can, yeah, I can relate this to my boys. This is, yes. There you go. And it's National Landline Telephone Day. I might have a landline phone somewhere. Carol, do you have any lurking in the closet? I I actually still have a, a, a landline, but it makes me think about when I grew up with the party line. What? Yep. T- tell me, where, where where was this? I grew up in California. And, you know, it was back in the 70s and the 60s and the 70s. And you actually had people that shared a a line. And so if you picked up the phone and you heard somebody talking, you could actually eavesdrop on other people's conversations. And it wasn't illegal, but. (laughs) I only read about that. I didn't know that was still happening. My goodness. I I have actually one of those dial, rotary dial phones, I think, from my my mom and dad's basement. It's probably here in a box somewhere. Well-organized closets, Kelly. If you think I know where everything is, you're out of your mind. (laughs) You know where everything is. You're organized. I came here. I I took two apartments and moved into a house. I was living in an 850-square-foot co-op on Great Neck, Long Island for 32 years. Limited closet space. Did the best I could. And when my mom passed away at 100 years, she had an apartment full of stuff. She was an antique dealer. So I, I kept and we divided with me and my, my two children. We divided the good stuff. I won't even tell you what it is. I don't talk about that. But she had a baby grand piano and it came with me because I learned classical piano when I was seven years old on that piano. I haven't played it more than an hour in the past three years, but it's here and I love it. And it's full of family pictures on the top. Mm -hmm. So that serves a purpose. And it's a beautiful, gorgeous piece of furniture. But what I want to say was there were pictures, albums from my mother's family when she was growing up and from my dad who passed many years before my mom. And I took furniture, some beautiful side tables, leather and wood side tables and things from my mom and her clothes. She had gorgeous clothes and about half of her clothes were my size and I gave the rest away and I took stuff with me, sweaters, jackets, dresses, and it's wonderful. But I took two apartments and moved it into a house that's twenty, almost 2,200 square feet. So I upscaled 
Carol, we know at my stage of life, I'm supposed to downsize, but where do you go from 850 square feet? So I upsized to 2,200 square feet, plus a two-car garage, plus a front yard, a backyard, plus a screened porch. And the garage has an extra two feet on it, so it fits two cars very nicely. So anyway, that's my story with uh, Landline Telephone Day. It's there somewhere, Kelly, in the closet. It's no smoking day. It's pack your lunch day, and it's ranch dressing day. Let's talk about ranch dressing on Wednesday. Are you going to have ranch dressing, Kelly? Uh, I'm not really a big ranch dressing fan. I know that might be controversial because people who love ranch dressing really love it. <laughs> Clearly, there's a holiday for it. There's a holiday for That's right. And you don't have to be the one who's celebrating. Carol Ricard, what do you think about ranch dressing? Ah, uh, another thing that I used to love, especially on <laughs> French fries. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I'm intrigued, Carol. I, I'm maybe, a, maybe I will try that. Huh? I'm <laughs> a ketchup or salt girl. Wow. Wow. And I don't do French fries anymore, but I like sweet potato fries. Okay. And they always cost more in a restaurant, but I haven't been to a restaurant in a year. I can't remember that far back. Okay. Thursday is March 11th. It's National Promposal Day. You ever heard of Promposal, Kelly or Carol? It's a thing. It's, it's been around thing. for years. Promposal. Do you know what it is? Is it like somebody making a video asking you to go to prom? It's asking your boo to go to prom in a super elaborate way. It was established in 2016 by the men's warehouse store. <laughs> <laughs> so you make a proposal to your boo to go to the prom. And probably you have a formal dress. We used to have proms and he's got a tux and he gets it at men's warehouse. Ah. Oh. Tires me out. Okay, Friday, March 12th is Alfred Hitchcock Day. Oh, cool. Oh, so this Friday I should watch Rear Window? Yeah, absolutely, yes. That's right. It's also, oddly enough, Girl Scout Day, National Girl Scout Day. I am a Girl Scout, or I was. I was too. Carol, were you a Girl Scout? Uh, no, actually, I was a bluebird. Oh, and I was a brownie before a Girl Scout. What about you, Kelly? Oh, yeah. oh actually, when I started, they, they started, now they're called daisies, but they were pixies. So I think that was in my head too. I was a pixie and then a brownie and then a junior, right? A scout and then a junior. I went like almost to high school. I was like past, like, I think oh. the cooler people had dropped out. I, I just had, didn't get the memo. that It was dorky. You'd still be a girl scout as a teenager. It took me a while to, to understand, but I got there. That's fine. I'm glad you got there. That's interesting. Uh, I remember we were voting for somebody to go to a Girl Scout jamboree or something in Manhattan because I was in, grew up in Queens, Douglaston, Queens, not the McEnroe part of Douglaston. We called it the park near the expressway, not near, not near the water. And um, it was interesting. What was I talking about now? Oh, Girl Scouts. Girl, Girl Scouts. Scouts. Yes. And we had a meeting. Thank you, dear. We had a meeting and we wanted to nominate somebody, a whole bunch of girls in the room and Everybody nominated themselves, and I happened to know two people there, and nobody knew anybody else, and I got my vote plus two, and I was the one who got to go to the jamboree in Manhattan at the armory or something like that. I said, that's awesome. I don't think I ever went to a jamboree. What? I think that's what it was. I can't remember. Anyway, uh, Saturday, March 13th is National Canine Veterans Day. That's dogs who have been in service. Wow. We need to do a shout out. And Sunday, March 14th is a little interesting. It's National Potato Chip Day. Anybody still doing potato chips? Carol, I bet you don't anymore. Or do you? Well, actually, every now and then. So I might have to celebrate Sunday. Okay. Well, you can save the ranch dressing and meatball day for Sunday and have with your potato chips. Kelly, are there potato chips in your life? I honestly is... We eat so many potato chips. I I have no idea how I'm still alive. Um, (laughs) 
I do try to be better, but I grew up on them. I mean, my parents, when they have pizza, they, their side of vegetables, potatoes. <laughs> well, that's a new one. That's, I used to put potato, when I used to go to summer camp, I used to get a bag of potato chips at the canteen and put them on my peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Some people like that. It gives a little crunch, oh, a little salt. Yeah. You got to eat, you gotta eat it. Yes. You got to eat it fast before they get mushy, yeah. before they go, Bleh. you got to eat it while there's still a little crunch left. And yes, yes. Okay. And also here's the kicker for Sunday, March 14th. It's pie day, Greek letter pie. It's a constant value all remember for the ratio of a circumference of a circle to its diameter it's 3.14 dot 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 one five dot 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 nine two six five three five nine dot 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 and coincidentally it's also einstein's birthday yes doesn't that matter pi day pi the constant and Einstein's birthday. I think those go, what potato chip day has to do with the two of those? I have no idea. So I'm looking at the clock and we have 12 minutes left and I want to talk a little more, more about creativity. So let's go back to your roots. Carol Ricard, are you a creative person? Do you use that word? You say, I'm Carol, I've had 25 books and I write creatively. Or do, is it just part of the fabric? And do you think you were born with that? I call it the creative gene, the creative DNA, or do you think it's something you developed along the way, maybe by necessity? Carol, what's your take you, on creative? You know what? When I when I look back, I mean, I, I used to do a lot of writing when I was, you know, growing up and and I've discovered things that I wrote and I was like, did I really write that? Um and and I, I just happen to believe I think we all have a creative streak in us. It's just how it comes out. For me, I just found that writing and using pictures and just really, you know, in a way that serves other people has just really kind of just inspired me to just sort of give it whatever I can. I like that. Yeah, I'm ahead. not a painter. I'm not a, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm a painter. I'm not a drawer. It just kind of comes out with words is the mm -hmm. way I see it. And you see the pictures, you see the words, yeah. the symbols. I like that. It's 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 really cool. I was just going through your ebook and I was just going page to page. This is really fun to read. You made it fun to read, Carol. So thank you. I like well, the style. Thank you. Kelly, what do you think? Other than using a name like Pixies did it for a business, how how creative are you? Do you do you feel you and Katie were creative in saying we're going to go with the personality types as a way to not to pigeonhole, but to say this type of organizing will probably suit this type of personality better than another one. Where's your creativity? Yeah, I mean, I think taking personality type and applying it outside of an office environment, because that's really where it usually is. And, you know, I would attribute my creativity. My mom's an artist. She did all the um, uh, illustrations for the book. Um, oh, and so it's throughout the book. There's all of her drawings. And uh, there you go. Um, but so, you know, I, what I, why we did the drawings is because you can kind of like really create your own world, um, you know, and that is when you think about organizing and getting to what, you know, how you want it to look like. It is creating your own world. The, the second part of our creativity is we both went to Montessori throughout preschool and elementary. And so, mm -hmm. you know, here we were being like, well, you know what? Nobody's ever done this. Let's let's try it. Let's, you know, let's go down this path. And that's a really, it's just how you're trained as a, as a student. And, you know, it was learning and we just, we, it's fun to learn, um, you know, so it was fun to learn about clients and the different personality types. And, um, you know, uh, so that's the creative part really for me is kind of uh, just really stepping outside of the box and thinking that there isn't necessarily one way because the way my personality type is, I think there is one way. And I really had to open my brain 
to see that it stuff didn't work for my sister and a whole bunch of other people that works for me. And I was like, maybe, you know, they're, there's, they need something different. And we really found those systems. So thinking outside of the box is an important creative tool. And I'm going to permit me, I'm going to take it to another level, Kelly, because if you and Katie were so different, one is OCD and the other was, oh, I don't feel like making the bed today. Okay. And I read that in your book and I hope you'll send me the rest of the book. You sent me up to page 14. I'd love to see the rest. If you have the chapters, I, I'd love them. You don't have to send the hard copy, but the- I got to figure out how to get the whole not on Kindle ebook. Um, yeah. yeah Mac, a- Mac Big Sur doesn't like Kindle. It crashes in 30 <laughs> seconds and you can't use yeah, it. I got to figure it out. No, you're going to- I'm waiting for the fix. Anyway, what I was going to say was, I think there's, I, I see creativity Kelly, in how you and Katie figured out a way to write a book together, to go into business together, to -hmm. embrace pixies together, to get your mother to do the illustrations. What do you think, Carol? Isn't that a a creative way of getting along together? Absolutely. See, Kelly, I see it at even a higher level than just what the content was, what the subject, because I've spoken, I've had husbands and wives on many years ago who were in business together and talked about how, how you, I've had people on who wrote a book together, co-wrote at different times of the day on different continents where one was an overnight writer and the other one was a daytime writer. And maybe they were 3000 miles apart writing at different times. One loved to write at night, one loved the day, and they got a book done together and people who've figured it out. So when you said in your book, you and Katie, eh, not oil and water, but not exactly seeing life through the same exact lens or different types of rose colored glasses, and you actually figured it out. I think there's a creative lesson there. What would you say? Was it a question of compromising? Was it a question of, yeah, I like her well enough to go in and do this book because if it's popular, then we'll both make a lot of money. I'm, I'm teasing you here, Kelly. What do you think? What was the um, trick? I think it's a great, we have a great deal of respect for each other and love um, and and personality type. My mom, when she went back to get her uh, art therapy degree, she was the one who learned about Myers-Briggs and it brought it into our family. And it was how we kind of discussed our differences so that we weren't taking differences and how we are personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you just kind of respected, oh, you're this way, you're that way. Oh, that's how I do things. I like to plan. I like to do things more spur of the moment. Katie knows that if she changes plans on me, it's good to like drop it, tell me the change of plans and leave the room because that's when my soda pop like blows up. <laughs> and then by the time she comes back, I have already come up with a new plan based on the new circumstances. And I'm happy because I have a plan. <laughs> so there she, you go. She always like, she calls it dropping a J bomb, but she like drops the bomb, leaves, comes back. And, uh, but I do think it's just their mutual respect and being able and knowing that when somebody does something, it's not them trying to be disrespectful and rude um, because I know what her type is and I know her strengths and her weaknesses and, and vice versa, obviously. Um, she knows I like to plan. <laughs> Thank you very much. Interesting approach. Carol, you had to go when you were working with your clients in the hospitals. Hey, Carol, what was your what was your role or what is your role in the hospital? Are you a social worker? What do you do? I was a social worker. Unfortunately, with um, COVID, I wasn't able to return after my chemotherapy Okay. Um, so it, I still have several months before I'll actually be able to step foot back in the hospital. I haven't gotten a vaccine yet. So, um, but yeah, I was a clinical social worker. That's what I thought. And by the way, we're happy that you made it through. Me too. Me we, too. We really, I had to say that. Thank you. Yes. Touch the heart. Question for you is when you were helping your patients with your 60 second do method, the system for overcoming stress, did they say, 
wow, Carol, or nurse, or Dr. Ricard, whoever they addressed you, they say, Carol, that's a really creative way of doing it. I always thought I had to have an expensive gym membership. I had to go for a run for five miles outside until my feet fell off. Did, did they come to you and say, that's really cool? What, do you, what was the response? It, the, the response was, I can do that. <laughs> ah. you know and and I think you know nowadays more than ever before when people are so pressed for time it it, it doesn't have to be a long time it it really is I, I always used to say do you save pennies nickels dimes and quarters and I don't know about you but I've saved up a lot of money over the years just those little amounts and it's the same sort of accumulative effect when it comes to stress I agree. I agree. And by the way, Kelly, I just want to touch that I am an organic freedom. I did the pixie quiz and it says organics are the dreamers of the world overall making up 16% of the population. You value personal growth and relationships above all else. Authenticity and meaning are more important to you than ambition or achievement. You are idealistic, creative visionaries, and your household organization style probably has more to do with how your environment makes you feel rather than any dictums or dictates on how it should look and function. In Myers-Briggs, Kersey, Young lingo, your personality preferences are likely NF, which stands for intuitive and feeling and organic freedoms are 12% of the population. Does that sound like what you know about, about RED by now, Kelly? Does that sound about right? Wow, that's so good. And that's my sister. Um, she's an organic freedom, and it really describes her. It doesn't mean you guys are cookie cutter the same. Um, I make my bed every day. Oh, do you? I do. I do. I have to make my bed and I do the dishes, but I'll tell you the trick to to making a bed is to have a bed that is very easy to make. So I I'm here alone and I have, I only sleep on one side of the bed. It's just the way I'm have my stuffed animals, my four little Never mind. On a cushion with a little handmade blanket I knitted for them on one side, and they keep me company. I'm telling too much information on the radio, and we have two minutes to go. Thank goodness I'm getting in trouble here. And I'm on one side of the bed with my pillow with two pillows behind it, and I cuddle up toward them, put my foot over the cover over them. And when I get ready to make the bed in the morning, the other side is still completely made. So all I have to do is tuck tug the sheet up a little bit. I keep the top folded, the pretty edge of the sheet, all embroidered, and then pull the big, thick, it's a, not duvet, it's a coverlet that's very, mm-hmm. very soft. A red, some kind of a fi- microfiber, it's gorgeous and feels delicious. And I pull that and then I prop the pillows up and I'm done. I'd say it's about a 60 second or less bed making. I like, well, you have, if I had to, if it was an organic freedom looking for advice on how to make their bed every day, I'd be like, make it as easy as possible. Yes. We always say you want to try to get everything to one step. Yes, exactly. And and it's a pleasure when I look at it and I say to the, to the, the ch- I call them my children, my kids are grown up. I'll say, okay, kids, I'll see you later. And then I go in the dark and put a light on for them. I know that's too much cray cray. Ah, Carol Ricard, it's been so wonderful getting to know you. I'm so glad you were patient. I met you in December, I believe, at the summit. Here we are in March, and thank you for being so patient and hanging around. We appreciate your being on. And Kelly McMenamin, I got it. McMenamin, forgive me. Say hello to Katie for us, please. And I have enjoyed very much learning from you. And it would be great if you could send me, even you send me a chapter at a time on PDF, if you can figure out how to do that. That would be great. I'd, I'd love to have that. And I want you all to say, both to say, thank you, Josh, to my engineer. He's a one-name wonder, just Josh. So one, two, three. Thank, thank you, you Josh. Josh. Yes. And thank you to 
Facebook, I see a nice frozen picture here. The reason I'm looking aside, I'm looking on my other screen and my other monitor. Kelly is holding her book and looking very thoughtful, and you'll you'll see it. <laughs> so I will send you both the links to it's on Facebook.com slash read my lips radio. I'll send you the link. So let's say to everybody out there, as I like to say, oh, I have a couple of yeah, here, let me go. Let me go. Let me go. Here we go. Work like you don't need the money. Dance like no one's watching. I used to teach disco in ballroom and people watch. Let me tell you. Sing like nobody's listening. I try not to sing. Love like you've never been hurt. Money talks. Aha. Chocolate sings. Ha ha. Last but not least, and I stole this line from another radio host years ago. Thank you for turning me on. Carol and Kelly wave goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Read My Lips Radio presented by the Voice America Variety Channel. Tweet your questions and comments to at Radio Red 777. Join host aka Radio Red again next Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a positively cool creative week.